High cheese 2.0. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, just for for uh, long-time listeners, which I think there's eight of you, um, <laughs> Joe, Joe was reluctant to return, but I got the itch. I got the itch. I got the itch during the World Baseball Classic, actually, I think is when it really began. Yeah, I, well, you've been talking about it for a couple of years, kind of. Like, you've, you've, you've mentioned it. We've talked about it off and on, but I'm, I've just been so redu- uh, reluctant to jump back into podcasting. Uh, and now it, it seems more pointless than ever because there's just a billion po- – everybody has podcasts. So it feels like we're just talking into the void most likely. But I didn't want to leave you hanging, and I enjoy talking baseball with you. So Yeah, I mean, in some ways – the chat never ended, and it also existed before High Cheese because we literally, most yeah. days between you, me, and Tim and an iMessage and then our fantasy chat that goes year-round now. It just is a year-round yeah. thing. We just talk about baseball and all things. So I, I think really for me what got it this year that put it over the edge with our uh, like flirting with it the last couple of years was the horrible takes I would start seeing during the World Baseball Classic. I was like, I want to weigh <laughs> in. I want to weigh in. I want to yeah. be part of this. And yeah, well, I think people were, uh, I don't know, people had surprisingly strong takes in either direction about the World Baseball Classic. I like the World Baseball Classic. I think it's fun. But if it went away, I wouldn't be, I'd be fine, you know. Yeah. I'd get I, over it. I I disagree. I love the World Baseball Classic, and I want it expanded, and I want everyone to play. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I like it. I like it. But, I mean, it was like, what, six or seven years from the last one. Yeah, I think I'm kind of hoping... I didn't really think about it in that time period. No, I, I definitely didn't either. I kind of forgot it was a thing. And then I kind of... So with the World Cup being uh, shifted this year and being during mm-hmm. Christmas time and or Thanksgiving and Christmas time, I feel like I like got really invested in that. And I was like, man, it'd be cool if baseball like actually did this because it's like fun yeah. when you see like the best players of every nation doing... like. And uh, did you watch the final for that at all? The World Cup. The World Cup. Um, I think I might have. It was like one of the know. most exciting I'm, sporting events I've ever seen. Like hands down. Like yeah, that's fine. But like, and I I agree with most people. I'd rather watch Major League Baseball than the World Baseball Classic every day of the week. Like I would much prefer to see my favorite players playing in the MLB than in the World Baseball Classic. Um, but yeah, I, I mean the World Baseball Classic's cool. It's fun. The, it's like a playoff atmosphere in every game, even if it's like Czech Republic playing or something. Yeah, and and the stakes are higher for most of those guys than they are for like, I mean, the the final ending with Otani and Trout's the highest stakes either of those guys have unfortunately ever got to play in. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that was cool. Like, we might not ever see Otani and Trout face off like that. Like just the way their careers work, we might not ever see them face each other. So it's cool to see that. Um, yeah, I mean, the World Baseball Classic is definitely awesome, but I prefer Major League Baseball, you know? Uh, yeah, I think also, like, I mean, there's so much story and legacy. With, like, the with the FIFA World Cup with, with football, it's – I'm calling it football. It's European football. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it has such, like, a long legacy, like, which Major League Baseball has, like, 1800s legacy. So it's, like, I feel like just yeah. the – narrative and just even how much people care about it it's such a new thing that it just doesn't have mm-hmm. any gravitas to it or like really anything that will feed but like yeah. that being said in japan it was like 93 percent of the households were watching every game so it matters to yeah. them way more than it does to american fans which is cool yeah i mean well, that's I, what's cool about it. you know it, people just find a way to ruin everything too though because like 
you get the like unbelievably ridiculous takes about people getting injured in the World Baseball Classic. Like that shit could have happened in spring training or whatever. It could have happened at any point. But then you get the opposite reaction of people like shitting on those people because they're mad their players got hurt. In the yeah. world baseball, it's yeah. like everybody just shut the fuck up and enjoy the goddamn thing. Well, or it don't. was easy that like the guy that got most hurt was a Met. It's like easy to dunk on the Mets, so it's like kind of yeah. Like, well, like, yeah, it was a little hanging fruit. I he got, so well, he also got hurt celebrating. Like that's so brutal. Yeah. Oh, it was it was horrible, and also it sucks because like Edwin Diaz got good again finally, and now he's just gonna mm-hmm. not pitch until twenty twenty four at minimum. So yeah, whatever. No, I. Uh, well, I had intentions, but I got back from vacation on getting this started before we were into the season. But we're back. And so I was going to do for our first episode kind of a like, I still want to do a predictions. I want to talk about like stuff. But, you know, one thing while we're talking about the Mets, since we last did this, it was 2018 we last did this. I no I longer have to pretend to be a Mets fan once a week since I don't have Jacob DeGrom in fantasy anymore. And that's actually <laughs> freed me a lot because I don't like cheering, watching Mets games at all. They're like the least fun thing. So. Yeah, no, the, especially of – now they might be kind of fun, but uh, yeah, the, no. those years were not fun. Well, I'm kind of mad at them right now because they're not calling Brett Beatty up either because it's silly that Escobar strikes out and has like two hits and like 40 at-bats now. And Beatty was like killing it in spring training – is killing it in the minors, and they're doing. They're the only team not calling. Well, he's up hurt now, isn't he? No, he's back. He just hurt his. He like had a thumb thing, and he came oh, back. I, like I right thought away. he, I thought he got hurt, hurt. Um, well, let's back it up for a second. Let's back it up for a second. High cheese, baseball podcast. I think of it as a baseball podcast, primarily with, secondarily a fantasy baseball twist. Um, yeah, because I think you know we both love fantasy baseball, but really we both just love baseball in general. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we did it a couple years ago for what one or two seasons? Did we, we just do actually, it one season? As long as it felt, it was one year. That's pretty crazy. We, we um, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we did it. We did it. It was really fun. I enjoyed it. That's why I was like, mm-hmm. I, I it was, but it was a grind. And but I, you know, I think we're smarter. We're, we're wiser. We're veterans of the game now. You know. I guess. I guess. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But uh, no. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I feel like it's um, impossible for us personally also to separate fantasy baseball from baseball because we've been doing it for so long now that it's like I can't. I definitely still like have a fandom and a great following, but there's so much stuff I know just because I'm always trying to get an edge in fantasy. Like I, Yeah, yeah, for I, sure. I don't know if you saw uh, the Twins caught up or are going to call up their like top second base prospects. And yeah. I would have heard about that, but I knew about it like two weeks ago. And was like watching him, and then of course, some things. You know, a lot has changed since 2018. The world's changed. We all live through a plague. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, stuff's gone weird. But our one of our league mates is still the only guy to pick up per- people from Double A before they make their debut, even if it's rumored. And he got him before me. He got him before me. Yeah, but he got him after the announcement. That's true. That's true. He just picked him up, and they, yeah. they're calling him up now. So um, it's not like he was. I think people are, you know, that guy played double A. He's never played triple A. He's got really good plate discipline, they say. He's got some pop. Um, but, like, you know, he's never played triple A. So th- I think there's a good chance. They I like don't know how to pronounce his first name, which is why I didn't say it. But Julian is his last name. So Ed, is, is I think it, it's just, is, I Ed, think it's just Ed, Ed, Edward. 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 Yeah, like Edward. Edward or something. It's like, a, it's like um, a Game of Thrones name. Edward. Yeah, I think it's just Edward. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I I also think since they got Kirilov and Polanco, I think coming back, he's going to be like a short time. It's not going to be a. I don't know if Kirilov's coming back anytime soon though. That wrist injury is pretty like. It's giving him trouble for like two years. I feel like. Now. Yeah, it's, re- and it's re- recurring. They don't really have. I mean, I think they're going to let him chill a little bit. In I think he's starting in single A. I just heard. Um, oh jeez. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he's clearly past that level, like talent-wise. But I think he's starting there to to build back up. Um, but those injuries like sap people of their power and their ability to get the bat around and everything. Yeah, wasn't so. that what like ultimately got Troy Tulowitzki down? Was his wrists after all the other things? I think so. Mm-hmm. I rem- this is weird. I remember I drafted Mark DeRosa like after he had his career year, and uh, he got hit by a pitch on the wrist. And he was, like, killing it in the beginning of the year. He got hit by a pitch on the wrist. And then, like, he was never, ever even, like, an okay player ever again. It's a true, true Joe Mano fantasy baseball story <laughs> of just... Well, you know, it was like Mark DeRosa. So, like, expectations weren't very high. But, uh, but yeah, I just remember he got, he got hit on the wrist and it fucked him up, too. And now he's an announcer. Oh. And... Oh, is he manager? Wasn't he, no. wasn't he the coach, the World manager baseball. of the yeah, USA he, team? He did the, yeah. I was like, why did I just see him recently? He was, yeah, he was doing yeah. the... Uh, World Baseball Classic team. But yeah, anyhow, we're back. Lot, I mean, so I joke that some things don't change. A lot has changed. Also, the big thing I think so far this year in baseball, the rule changes, obviously. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk a bit about that. Um, so yeah, I want to do, do a little retrospective. We got almost two weeks of baseball so far. T- I think tomorrow will be two weeks since opening day. So I want to talk a little bit about what's happened. I want to talk about the new rules because, you know, we're a baseball podcast. We got to comment. We got to put our voice into the void, as you say, since everyone's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to talk about a classic uh, who is the guy that no one expected to be crushing it for week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have, I have mine. I want to hear yours. And then I want to do an awards prediction. I want to go, I want to, even though we even, we have a little more context than if we'd done that before it started, but you know, true, we'll true. do, and there's like, you know, guys have gotten injuries already. So there's people I might have said that I didn't. So now we look better when we predict it now. Yep. But uh, yeah, one of the things though I'm noticing, and this is going to be like related to the pitch uh, pitch clock specifically. I already thought this before the rule change, but we're in a very weird time in baseball where, you know, aces, your aces, your top pitchers. You still have Garrett Cole. You still have Jacob Degrom when he's healthy, uh, but Verlander's already down with an injury. He missed a year before coming back and being great. Uh, yep. Scherzer hasn't looked quite right and before the rule changes even I kind of feel like we're in this weird thing where like no one has quite become like the next Clayton Kershaw or the next Jacob DeGrom there's not like the new aces quite there we're kind of at, I, I, I it's the changing of the guard of like we're at that point where some guys are aging out but no one's really stepped up yet to that next level I think we're kind of in that for baseball in general you know like over the last just say five to seven years, I feel like a lot of players have retired and there's been, uh, you know, young players coming up who are sort of taking the reins as like the best players around. Cause even like Trout now has like kind of started to age out of um, his like prime years, you know, like he's, what is he 30 now? Like, or 29 or something. Um, 29, but he might be 30. It's weird. And not that he won't be great moving forward, but he's, he's not 31. like, yeah, yeah, so Trout's up there, you know, relatively. Um, when you have guys who are, you know, Soto's, what, 23 years old? He's one of the best hitters in baseball. Tatis is still young. Like, there's all these young stud hitters. And I think they did arrive a little sooner than some of the, the pitchers. But, like, when you think about, like, 
young stud pitchers, you do have like Dylan Cease is a big one. Yeah. Um, he's yeah, Dylan like Cease really looks, coming. He's got good stuff. His opening day start, I think he was the one of the only pitchers to go seven innings. Yeah, his problem though, he's still walking people. I yeah, think. he's still got young um, guy pitcher stuff. Like. Yeah, but he might be able to settle in. And then you have, I mean, in the National League, I think Spencer Strider is gonna be the guy. Cause he's fucking nasty. Was he? So I he kind of came out of note. Was he supposed to be as good as he was, or what? Dude, I have I have no I'd, idea. I feel like I heard nothing about him, and then all of a sudden he was just like striking out two hundred guys last year, and it was yeah. dominant too. Like yeah, dominant and stuff. and I I think, I mean I'd have to look. I don't have it in front of me. I think his walk numbers are a little bit high, not not like, not in something like that you'd really be worried about because he's constantly just dominating, but. I think he does walk a little bit uh, um, higher than average, maybe, but he's a fucking beast, and he's really he's like twenty two, isn't he? He's really twenty three. Let me look him up. Yeah, and then also just on the Braves, you also have Max Fried, who's been like a good young pitcher for the last couple of years. Oh, yeah, Strider's um, twenty four. Yeah, twenty four. Yeah, Is Freed so like twenty eight, twenty seven, twenty eight. I think so. Freed's yeah. twenty nine. Oh wow. Okay, so he's old, but also I think in general, just pitchers take longer. For yeah. the most part, to to mature into like, with the exception aces. of like you know guys like Clayton Kershaw who were just at their absolute peak when they were twenty five because he was like or or like Baumgartner or King Felix, but those guys all age quick, yeah, you know, and then and then you're left with Baumgartner who's only thirty three, and it seems like he should be forty years it is, old. It is on wild that retirement. he's only thirty three because he's been pitching since I want to say two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, I think he came up when he was twenty. Same, same yeah. with Kershaw. And I think King Felix was 18. Um, so, like, whenever you do see these young guys break in and immediately are, like, dominant, they generally – I mean, they last in that – even if you pitch 10 years as one of the best pitchers in baseball, that's still, like, a great career. But they – you know, the later half of their career is usually a little bit wonky. Yeah, no. It's Kershaw's still good, but it's been plagued by, like, injuries. Plagued by injuries. But I was going to say when you were saying that, with the changing of guard, I feel like the only constant – is Clayton Kershaw, and now also the only constant well, is Clayton Kershaw's back getting hurt at some point and derailing him for a month or more. Well, I mean, you know, you still have Scherzer, who for I'm the most part, about Scherzer. I, yeah, I am too now. But for the most, uh, he's, you know, what? Like, I, I don't think he was last year, but um, what? Like one year off being dominant as fuck. He's also had like in, in the last, I want to say, three years, because when after the Nationals to Dodgers trade. He he kind of didn't have he had some like stretches of not being good on the Dodgers if you remember, and then yeah. he's he's just he, he seems a little more susceptible to like the random stretches of like three games of getting like hit really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know yeah, if you saw sure. yesterday too after he had like his first decent start of this year so far, and mm-hmm. one of the Padres told the Athletic with the condition of anonymity that he's like a face Max Scherzer before this guy does not have the same stuff. Which I was like, yeah, I mean that oh, makes no, sense. He's, he's old now. He's like thirty nine, you know. But last year he got hurt. But even when he he pitched one hundred forty five innings, which is more than some young guys pitch in the whole season, and he had a two point two nine ERA. So yeah. it's not like as no, of he's last not washed year. yet. Yeah, yeah, it's not like he's washed yet, but he's getting there. And yeah, yeah Verlander, I'm also worried about because I don't know if he'll be able to. Well, he also went like, to the those Mets. injuries are going to be racking up. Yeah, and the Mets always kind of fuck up. They player. do. They're not good at pitcher management. Load management. They're not good at anything. But, um, but in general, I feel like with pitchers, you know, you see it with 
a lot of the guys who are the best pitchers in the league, you see it with Cole. He broke out a little bit later than he was supposed to. Zach Wheeler broke out a lot later than he was supposed to. Um, even, like, I know he's not in the league anymore for obvious reasons, but um, Trevor Bauer, he was supposed to be a great pitcher when he was, like, 24. He didn't really get good till he was 27, 28, you know? Like, I feel like pitchers just take forever yeah. to, like, actually get good most of the time, unless you're Spencer Strider or fucking Kershaw and King Felix and those guys. We do have also, there's a weird, like, uh, shadow generation of, like, Jose Fernandez, Yordano Ventura, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I guess for different reasons, Bauer, we're all, like, in that same, like, they'd be, they'd be the guys right now, even though they're probably not that much younger than Kershaw and Bumgarner, actually, um, if they had not passed away. Um, I feel like there's like a weird thing there where like there's a gap. I think like, Jose Fernandez would have been a decent amount younger. No, I don't remember. I mean, I guess I, he was like, wasn't he like 23 when he died? He was really young. I mean, I yeah, but no, it's uh, I I think you're right. There's the changing of the guards kind of across the board. The only I mean, really, the only thing right now is like the clear definitive best player in baseball is the only thing clear right now anymore, which is Shohei Otani. And I'm going to try really yeah. hard because the last time we were doing this podcast, he was, I think he was a rookie, and he was hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to try really mm-hmm. hard this entire season not to make this just the Shohei Otani fan <laughs> podcast, because I can't help it, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we don't, you could spend the entire season just talking about all the crazy stuff Otani does, but. Yeah, you could just like, make it a podcast. You just look at it, he's, he's a top 10 hitter, he's a top 10 pitcher. And he's even better this year at pitching than he's ever been, yeah. too. Well, yeah, I know. It's just it's fucking insane. He can throw 100 miles an hour and he can hit 40 home runs. Like, it's just it's insane. Yeah, um, it's so cool. Yeah, it's amazing to watch. And we joke, you know, everybody jokes a lot about it on the internet, but how Trout and Otani are stuck in, in uh, on the Angels. And, you know, every game is like, Trout and Otani did, did something that's never been done before. And the Angels lost seven to two or whatever, you know, like it's, yeah. What is the name? Tungsten O'Doyle is the name they throw in that tweet. The original <laughs> one, something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, uh, it's yeah, but no, it's the changing of the guard is interesting. I think because you're right, Trout, especially with injuries too. Like I feel like Trout is like the uh, hitter hitter comp to Kershaw of still on a per game basis. There is no one better at baseball than Mike Trout, but you're not. You don't know what you're gonna get out of him every year because he gets hurt. Like, if he had yeah. been healthy all of last year, he would have been, like, racing judge to that record, which is insane. Yeah, Cause he hit, yeah like, I mean, he hit 40 home runs in, like, 120 games. Yeah, it was insane. He's insane. Yeah. It's just you never know how long he's going to do it. If I mean, optimistically, if the Angels get a full season of both those guys, you've got to think that they'd be able to, like, will, them way, will their way into a wild card spot. Right. I don't know. They have to. How do you not? It's like the most insane. Th- I mean, but it also I think speaks to why baseball is so crazy because it's not like basketball or even football where like you can have one or two guys on a team just dominate and like sort of make your way at least to the playoffs off of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't work that way in baseball, especially if no. after Otani, the Angels pitching is incredibly sus. So, but Which it always is. Yeah. I mean, hey, Tyler Anderson still looks like he's carrying over something he learned from the Dodgers, so we'll see. Dude, no fucking way. That dude's going to get blown up at some point. Probably. But maybe he'll just take whatever the Dodgers It's going to be like, uh, wasn't there a Pirates pitcher a couple years ago? Trevor Williams? Didn't he have like a a nice run? And everybody was like, there's no way. Yeah, he was a guy I kept picking up in fantasy when someone got hurt. And he was a good 
like kind of good and then never good again. So I think he's on the Cubs now as a relief pitcher. But yeah, he's definitely still in the league somewhere. Yeah, I feel uh, like it's Washington. The Cubs. No, he's um, a National. Was he? A yeah, Cubs he went that? uh in twenty twenty one for thirteen games, and then he went to the Mets, and then uh and then the Nationals. But in uh in twenty eighteen, he had a fourteen and ten record with the Pirates. He went. Um, in 31 starts, a 3.11 ERA in 170 innings. But he had like 127 strikeouts in 170 innings. So he, he wasn't like dominating, you know, like I think at, yeah, only certain pitchers can get by with not striking people out these days. Like I feel like it just doesn't work anymore. No, it um, doesn't. It's, it's really, I mean, that's, so I feel like that's the thing. Okay, let's, let's take these two thoughts about the change in the yard and the new rules, strikeouts and okay. all. So, yeah. The thing with Scherzer that I've been noticing and noticing kind of in general, I feel like veteran guys are really not adjusting well to the pitch clock. Um, but like I think the younger guys are having an easier transition. The one, I, one example of this, or just the new rules in general on just the pitch clock, at the Phillies game on Sunday, uh, Tyjon Walker threw over three times because he forgot. And just like runner moved to second, and then that guy scored. Uh, so... It's, I don't understand. I mean, I guess dudes are just in the zone and not thinking. But, like, how do you not rem- – like, how do you fuck that up? Yeah, and then uh, the – I just think – I mean, as we, we could also talk for a long time, and I don't want to do this on this episode, about all of the stupid new rules, too, and, like, how the implementation has been horrific. I don't know, like, DeGrom on opening day where he got a violation – for the pitch com not working, so the pitch clock ran down, and he got a ball, and they eventually reversed it because they realized they hadn't thought of that as a potential outcome of everything. And it's just really bad. But, yeah, I think the older guys are, just from watching games and also just, like, looking at stats, something's going on. Either they're all aging out at the same time, or it's just the new rule. There's so many new rules. There's so many changes. They, they did choose to do it, a lot of them, all in one season, it seemed like. Yeah. And, and I'm honestly... You know, I'm kind of okay with it. Like, I, I kind of like the rule changes so far. For the most part, I think they're wonky and some of them need to be worked out. But, like, I was not a – I did not really give a shit about, you know, game time and how long games were. No, yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. I, and I'm, I also think that that's not the biggest hurdle for the MLB being able to market their game to new fans, which they seem to think it is, the, like, one main thing that's getting in their way, which it's yeah. not. Um, but – it's not I we watch a lot of baseball. We watch a lot of baseball. I watch at the very least I watch parts of every Yankee game. If not the whole game, parts of every yeah. Yankee game. And then on top of that, I watch my pitchers in fantasy baseball or like I'll just scroll through games late at night like whatever's on, Dodgers whatever blah blah blah. Um West Coast teams. I watch and every game that Shohei Otani pitches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I watch a lot of Shohei games and uh, if someone I like is coming up to bat and I'm not doing anything, I'll turn that game on just to see them bat and maybe they'll hit me a home run because I'm their good luck charm, you know? <laughs> um, but it's nice It's nice turning on a game at 7 o'clock and the game being over by 9.15. Yankee yeah. games especially are so fucking long. And the, I'd be watching the Yankees from like 7 p.m. to like 11.15 every night. Like those games are just never fucking ending. Um, and so it is kind of good. Like, it's kind of nice just churning out a game real quick. Like, I, I watched a game while I was working today. I watched the Yankee game. And it felt like 
like it was done by like three o'clock like it was it was yeah. so fast no it's i i will say i do like that too however there have been a few times especially when i have like a busy day and i'll go mm-hmm. to turn on the afternoon game and it's like an eight completely missed inning, it and i'm like yeah. oh no i wanted to like chill and watch this but i yeah, think overall just, the, the it's a net positive clock, i think the pitch clock i think could be implemented differently but yes. I have no beef with it because also like I don't mind like you will lose like guys like staring intimidatingly, but also like it's fine, dude. Uh, sometimes yeah. Well, I, if you for any Yankees fans out there, uh, if you remember watching CC Sabathia pitch, especially later in his career for the Yankees, that motherfucker seriously would take like four minutes in between pitches, and it was infuriating. He wasn't like walking around or doing anything. Most of the time, he's just standing there looking at the catcher and it's like what are you doing just pitch um so yeah. i'm I, and same with like Araldus chapman he always took forever to throw the ball um you know there's guys that just worked really slow and now we don't have to worry about that which is great my problem with the pitch clock is mostly like at some point that's going to decide a game yeah and, and that's if they don't really do anything annoying. about it yeah if they don't do anything about it at some point it's going to decide a big game and uh I think they did should they get ever, rid of it for the ninth inning. Didn't they say like right before the season they were going to announce some changes? Did that ever come down? Were there changes announced? I I think they m- might have been like some small things that weren't really that important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they should turn the pitch clock off for the ninth inning. I for both halves of the ninth inning. That seems seems like a no-brainer. Like a, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it, that. That's when it would have the most consequence. Um, you can't make up for like a a violation ball for walk that like, you know, walks in the winning run or something. Um, but if you yeah, do that in like the eighth, seventh, sixth, like you, you, you have time to overcome that. But uh, for that to end a game would be brutal. So, and uh, that goes for extra innings as well. I don't think they should do it in extra innings. Um, yeah. They brought the fucking ghost runner back, didn't they? I know. That's, I think uh. of all of the lead, the, all the things, the fact that a, 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 a relief pitcher can get a blown save without giving up an earned run, but not because of an error, just because of a, a ghost runner scoring. Still, it just mm-hmm. statistically Because of two me. sack flies. Yeah, like, just statistically upsets me. Um, and, I mean, <coughs> I even hate that in the show. Because, uh, like, if you if you, I, I play online when I play the show a lot and rank mm-hmm. rank seasons of Diamond Dynasty because I collect Ugh. cards and play, and like if it gets to extra innings, whoever bats in the bottom half, as long as the other person doesn't score two runs, it's like they sack bunt one guy over, then or they steal and then they sack bunt in the run and they win, and it's yeah, like yeah. obviously a video. It's a very annoying video game thing, and in real life, it's generally two sack flies get you a run and it's like mm-hmm. that's no drama that's not how baseball should work it's stupid yeah I, I hate that i hate it it i guess it made sense for the COVID year that year was so wonky anyway it didn't really matter but i really thought they were done with it and then they put it back in play they put it right back i i think of all the rule changes though i want to ask you so we've talked about some we don't like things are silly over the last couple because the rule changes over the last couple years really since we've done this podcast Mm -hmm. uh what's your favorite one because i have one Hmm. well you go first because i got i I didn't i don't have one ready okay i really actually like the one with limiting throwing over and if you don't get them they get a base because i love that we're getting stolen bases again yeah yeah i do of a few things like the bigger bases but the i used to hate when like a pitcher would just throw over like eight times for no reason like and it's like they used to do it to like waste time on like slower guys standing on first just to like gather their thoughts. I was like, yo, just come on. Like you can't do this. And stolen bases, 
I I'm I'm I don't know if you've noticed my fantasy strategy. I'm just getting all the fast guys <laughs> and hoping that I get like a bonus of a hundred some points across those guys just because I got like Miles Straw, Jorge Mateo, and Trey Turner on my team. So yeah, you know I I like. I like stolen bases being back in play. Sorry, I was distracted for a second because of the Phillies game on in the background, and Alvarado just gave up a game-tying home run to uh, Jorge Soler. And I have Zach Wheeler. And so he, he'll still get the um, quality start, but not the win, which is annoying. And also, Alvarado had struck out, like, everybody he faced this season to that point. So Yeah, of course. The Phillies strange. bullpen is, like, one of the worst things happening in baseball mm-hmm. right now. As for the last, like, like four years. Yeah, um, it's really bad this year, though. Anyway, back to rule changes. I I do like the rule changes in place to uh, to like increase stolen bases. I feel like I keep hearing announcers saying, you know, because they they made the bases bigger um, yeah. as well. That was one of the rule changes they made. And I feel like uh, announcers keep saying, like, you know, with the bases being bigger, like stolen bases are going to go way up. Yes, I do think that'll incentivize players to actually run more, but like. I think the pitch clock and those rules have way more to do with stolen bases going up than the fucking bases increasing yeah. in size a little bit. I guess bit. I haven't actually Googled this because I just keep hearing about the same thing. Are the bases being bigger? Is it less than, like, does it decrease the distance between each bag? Yeah, but by, like, yeah, I, I, yeah like, very, very small margin, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. Um, I think, like... Even if it were just the pitch clock, having the actual countdown going, like it for timing, that helps your timing. Like the chances of you getting picked off are way slimmer because you know when the pitcher has to throw the ball. So he's yeah. either coming at you for a pickoff or he's going to the plate. Like one or the other, it's happening. If there's no pitch clock, the, like you said, the pitcher could stand there for 10 minutes looking yeah. at the catcher, looking at the base runner, looking at the catcher, and you have no idea what's happening. So. There's that. Then also, like you said, you only get one or two chances to, th- you know, two chances to throw over or step off even. So yeah, if the pitcher has to step off, yeah. So now, oh, this guy, you know, he sucks and he stepped off twice. I'm definitely running. Um, so I think all that's the. I, but I do like stolen bases. Just uh, are fun. They're fun plays. Like they're always close plays if the throw is made. Like it, yeah. e- even if it's relatively not that close, like. It feels like it's a close play, and and they make a big difference too. So I, yeah, I've if, enjoyed that. If uh, I said this to Snake in a text message a couple weeks ago, but if Trey Turner goes forty forty, I will get a tattoo of He's him. He's not going forty. I'm just telling you. I'm saying it. I'm saying it here, just so you know. I will get some sort of yeah. Trey Turner tattoo if he does that. Yeah. Okay. He's been um, on my fantasy team for dec for like almost a decade now, so I feel like I owe it to him. You know. Yeah. He's not going to do it though, so don't get worried about it. Yeah. Well, that's why um, I'm making such an audacious claim. So. If he gets four, if he goes forty forty, I'll get a Trey Turner tattoo. Cool. You heard it here, everyone. Joe Mano yeah. will also do that. <laughs> uh, no, um, well, let's. Uh, yeah, I think the stolen base ones. Did you land on what your favorite one is though? Since I said I like the I like the throwover one. What's your favorite one of the new? Rules? I think it's the I think it's the pitch clock. I'm Ooh, like shocked at how much I like the pitch clock. Yeah, I really like it. I just think it it keeps the it just keeps the pace up. I I, I was not. I did not give a shit whether or not they implemented a pitch clock. Like, I did not think it mattered that much in the grand scheme of things, which is, which is to say, like, I don't think it mattered that much in getting new fans and growing Major yeah, League Baseball yeah. and all this stuff, which is the reason why they did it. Um, but being an avid baseball watcher, I fucking enjoy the quicker games. Like, I do like the pacing better. 
Yeah, no, all right. I I am surprised by that. And as I think well. I think that contributes, like I said, to the stolen bases and, and just sort of like a different style of gameplay. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm surprised by I have like issues and concerns that are similar to yours with deciding a game, the like weird oddities that have occurred. But yeah, it's not perfect yet. Overall, like I think the pace is good and I and I just like stolen bases. I like fast games. Yeah. I like a five tool player. I want to see guys go thirty thirty more often. It's more fun. It's better baseball. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I want to see a, a Grady Sizemore guy, you know, like power dude, speed combo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Grady Sizemore guy. I hope also people post weird nudes with a coffee mug like him too. We need to wear that in baseball. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot about that's that. how we get fans back in baseball. We get Grady Sizemore. <laughs> yeah, Grady Sizemore. Guys. <laughs> um, no, so let's let's switch our focus here. Let's, uh, I, I don't want to dig too deep into fantasy this week because I'm also like kind of bitter towards fantasy baseball since I've had like yeah, 900 points sucks. now scored against me. <laughs> in two weeks so it's been uh it's been it's been rough it's been like the hyperbolic version of when i usually lead the league in points against it's just like it's just real quick insane version real quick for just rule changes i do want to just say we don't have to go at length in discussion about it but i think the juice ball's back so i think it's a little dicey that they uh they've made all these rule changes in the interest of speeding the game up and scoring more runs and stuff and then also Seems like home runs are going to be up this year, and uh, that seems like like pitchers might be fucked. Yeah, like we might I, see ERAs going, and also the shift. Oh, I do. The shift is gone. I don't really like that rule, but I do like watching hitters hit. So uh, yeah, I guys are already sort of finding workarounds with like shifting the, as close as possible, or like the, yeah, I but don't, it's, I it, don't like the five or the th- two outfield move. That just seems like it's. It's asking for silliness to occur in a baseball game. It looks like a little league game, then. But you're you're only gonna see that in extreme hitters. You're never gonna see that in big moments. Yeah, it seems like um, something that should only happen to Joey Gallo, really. If we're being yeah, honest. and I th- I mean I haven't seen a lot of that in the games I've watched. Uh, so I wouldn't. I'm not I worried about that too much. Twice maybe. I just think it's kind of lame to restrict how you're positioning your your fielders. Like, I I don't know. It seems they hit the ball there. You should be able to put guys there, but. Um, I mean, yeah, but so they're doing all this stuff in the interest of runs and run scoring and everything. And pitchers got to be sitting there like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been, it, it seems like the home runs it, are up, especially whatever they're giving to the Tampa Bay Rays seems like they're up. Cause those guys are just getting to go ham with home. Mm-hmm. They have the most home run. It's like, they're almost at 30 home runs already, aren't they? Yeah. Well, they see, I wonder too, like, so generally when the weather heats up, um, it helps the ball carry more throughout the season. It's less drag or whatever. I don't know the science behind it. But they say when the weather heats up, the ball carries better. So you see more home runs and things. Th- those statistics go up. And I wonder if uh, playing in Florida, like in April when the north and the northeast and you know the, the uh, northwest and everything, like it's all kind of cold still. And we're yeah. seeing a lot of home runs in those stadiums. So home runs are up everywhere. But in Florida or, like, maybe the hotter stadiums, like, maybe you just see a little bit more of that than you do on the East Coast or whatever so far. Yeah. No, that, like that's – Minnesota. I, the, 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 it's also maybe, dude, climate change is going to affect home runs. We've got a whole bunch of factors, <laughs> you know. we got rule changes. <laughs> we got climate change. we got teams It kind of reminds around, me – when we were kids, I know you're not a big football fan, but when we were kids, there was a lot of rule changes in the NFL. Um that were in the interest of scoring more runs. And so there was a lot of things that they took away, like from 
the uh, the defenders aren't allowed to do this or that or whatever, you know, whatever all the changes were in the interest of scoring more points. Um, and this kind of feels like a similar move. And I don't love that because I think like, like this being all the rule changes and everything, um, I just think like you're kind of fucking with the dynamic of the game. And I don't know if that's like a good thing overall uh, for baseball. I think it's fine for football, honestly, but baseball just has such a storied history and, um, it seems a little bit more um, harmful if you're you're kind of changing the way the game works. Tink- yeah, tinkering with like yeah, hundreds the of actual years of history. game. Yeah, because because things are going to change no matter what, wh- whether it's the type of pitches or the way that like the shift works or anything like that. But that's sort of on the teams and the players, and you see the game evolve naturally in response to those things. So you know like. When players were going pull heavy uh, power approaches, that's when the the shift really came into came into play. Like what, 2010, 2009, something like that. When the yeah, Rays right. started getting good, um, that was like a reaction to the way hitters were focusing on just trying to pull the ball for power. And I don't think we fully saw it, but there were times where seasons where you could see the focus change because hitters need to hit now. You know. And uh, I, I like seeing, like, that's what's cool about baseball. It's sort of like a breathing thing that changes and evolves over time as, as um, just the way people approach the game changes. But, I, you know, if the, the league itself is making those changes, I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah, and also, like, somewhat, it seems like some of these were against the will of the players, too, which is, that's a whole other thing that happened in between last time we recorded this podcast, and we're not going to talk about because I hated that whole year. So no CBA <laughs> discussions. Yeah, um, yeah. No, so all right, fantasy though, I want to get in here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we have often talked about there's always like the first first two weeks of the season, there's like a guy who just out of nowhere carries someone's team to like the first week or whatever. Uh, I thought I was gonna I thought when we were talking about recording today it was gonna be Brian Anderson after oh, his, like, dude, that's what I was weekend. thinking too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what I wanna I wanna reframe this a little, I'm gonna give us two. We're gonna have our least and most surprising or I guess expected or unexpected guys so far. So for me, my m- most surprising, and I love this player, so I'm glad it's happening, Ryan Mountcastle. Just like coming into the guy I always hoped he would be. Didn't think that would I, happen this year. I never got, like, and you see with Austin Hayes too. Like these guys were good prospects for the Orioles, and then they have a down season or, you know, like they don't develop the way you think they are, and people just write them off as like as not – interesting players but even if austin hayes is an mvp winner even if mount castle is an mvp winner like they can still be impact players or at least good players on the orioles and um yeah i mean mount castle had nine rbis last night yeah it's against absurd. me in fantasy so it's awesome yeah. that oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no I, I like mount i mean i like the orioles i see a lot of their games since i live out near them now and yeah uh I, it's funny though because like adley's obviously been great too this year uh, mm-hmm. But the whole hype this year was Gunnar Henderson, Gunnar Henderson, who has been doing nothing really so far. And Ryan Mountcastle has taken that, like, he's crushing it right now. He's he's hitting, like, 290 or 289 or something, too. He's, like, not hitting just home runs. It's great. I like it. So he's my uh, most yeah, he's batting. I guess. He's batting 289 with nine runs, five home runs, 18 RBIs, yeah, and well, eight, one stolen 18 base. 18 RBIs. Love that. Well, he had nine last night. <laughs> yeah, but, right, so who's your most surprising or unexpected guy? I, I'm going to go, this is sort of a homer pick, but Glaber Torres. 
it is kind of surprising that he's like kind of actually playing the way that everyone hoped he would when he was the top prospect and he's yeah, like had I mean, great stretches obviously before now well i i mean to be fair glaber hit 39 home runs or something like a couple or 35 home runs something like that a couple that was years the juice ago ball year though juice ball year but we might be in another juice ball year um but yeah he's been very middling and i think he could still end up there this year but there's a little bit of pop there he's getting big hits he's batting 371 and he has five stolen bases. Yeah, that's he's. I mean, I've always kind of liked Glaber. I don't know why. Like, he's just like a guy I like. And I was worried that he was like playing himself out of a spot with some of the moves they've made over the last couple of years. And the fact that they yeah, have two prospects. top shortstop prospects and a yeah. lot going on. And LeMay, who always is moving around the infield. So yeah. it feels, I, I don't know, I like seeing him succeed too. It feels cool to have. Him. I do too. I'm, my worry with Glaber always is that he's like a 260. 18 to 22 home run guy steals four bags a year like doesn't really he he's like just good enough to play every day yeah but nothing more you know and uh i'm I'm hoping he kind of gets another break he's still pretty young 25 um so he's got a lot of Is time he really to figure only 25? it out yeah, or maybe maybe 26 yeah he's young he's young he was 21 20, 26 yeah 26. yeah he's 21 22 when he broke in um crazy yeah so he's still pretty young and he could be coming into his power a little bit more um without the help of the juice ball just as he gets a little bit older but uh very surprised mostly um well the whole stat line but the steals are really surprising with him because he's not you know really a guy you would think of i think he had five all year last year or something like he's taking advantage um, of the new rules go glaber yeah good for him yeah Yeah. what's gonna happen when he gets to play the orioles and camden yards they did that right did he hit a bunch of home runs there I, missed, I, don't think I so. didn't really pay attention to that series. Cause I, I don't think he hit any home runs there. He he only has two in the year. He might have hit one, but I think he had a good series. Um, yeah, yeah, he's, he a, killed, he's an Oriole killer. There. I really feel yeah. like they moved back the left field wall there just so he couldn't hit like little dingers over it all the time because he hit like he hit like six in one series well, against them a couple years ago. Judge, too. Judge is like an Oriole fucking killer. Yeah. He's got like oh, – I just saw the stat the other day on Twitter. He, I was going to send it to you guys, and I didn't. But he's got like – He's got like 35 home runs in like 60 games or something at Camden Yard. It's more games than that, but it's like 100 games or something. Yeah. But uh, it's just like an absurd number that uh, is just very funny. Yeah, that's. Uh, I want to look that up actually. So I want to know the who, judge that. I'll, I'll look it up. You talk yeah. about who you're uh, surprising. Uh, my least, least surprising. Or least um, surprising, yeah. Well, I, was, I had a guy in mind when I put this on our agenda of discussion today, and then another guy did his thing today. So. Uh, I, I'm going to go with my original, but I'm an honorable mention like I did with Brian Anderson that uh, Byron Buxton managed to get hurt DHing. So yeah, that... just least surprising <laughs> thing. Uh, but uh, his AL Central counterpart, who also always shows flashes of like what he could be and then gets hurt and then has an awful year, is uh, Yohan Moncada, who had a great awesome. World Baseball Classic, started out the year and they're like, oh, maybe Moncada's like found it again after being down for a year and then hurts his back. And I'm almost guaranteed, it hasn't happened yet, he's day to day. Or maybe it has since we since I last checked. He's gonna be on the IL soon, and then he'll miss like a month with like random little things. But yeah, Yoman yeah. is my choice. Oh, okay. So, I think that's a good choice. Um, the only reason I would disagree with Yon Mankata is because I feel like expectations were so low coming in for him anyway. Yeah, but he had a good twenty twenty, and it's like just kind of uneven since I don't know. I, f- I feel like he. Eh. Well, I guess we're just... saying least surprising, right? Like, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, this is a kind of boring pick, but my least surprising is that Shohei Otani is just fucking dominating. Like, 
if you've watched baseball at all the last couple of years, you knew that was going to happen, and he's out there. Like you said, he's looking better than ever, and uh, he's just fucking crushing it. And I just really hope in baseball, I mean, really in all professional sports, but it feels like baseball, it happens a lot. We get robbed of, like, good talent because they get hurt. Like, yeah. I feel like baseball players, a lot of times, if they get hurt, they just keep getting hurt. And you, you keep getting glimpses of the player they were, but each time they get hurt, you lose a little bit, you lose a little yeah. bit, you lose a little bit. And uh, his workload's so intense, I, I just really hope he can stay healthy. And we get, like, a couple more years, you know? Like, it, it's going to be hard for him to do it much longer. I, I think one thing that maybe they should look into sooner than they would for a regular pitcher is turning him into a closer. Oh, yeah, I mean watching the intensity level he brought to the championship of the world baseball classic i was like oh man dude if he closed yeah. out games throwing 102 with that slider he could yeah. have like 80 saves and like a zero era for the year well you could also just like i i, I don't remember exactly how the substitution rules work with the dh because it gets a little weird when you're changing pitchers and dhs and stuff but you could yeah. have him in your lineup as a dh and then just put him in as a closer have him fucking nail down a game. Yeah, like, it's like Little And he could play. He could literally like play league. every day. Like, Yeah, no, I, mean, maybe, I feel He'd like probably need more days off, but you know what I mean. He, I think it was the last, one of the, maybe, did he pitch last night? He pitched last night. Uh, Yeah, I think so. that was last night. I think night, I saw yeah. one of the games recently. He, like, finished pitching, and then he just switched to DH and hit, which I liked because <laughs> he hadn't been doing that last year. Yeah, I but I, I just get so worried. <laughs> I know. It's like he's going to wear it. I don't want him to get hurt. He's it so was fun so to cool. watch. It was so cool to watch him in the World Baseball Classic. He, like, batted second, and then he pitched, and then he batted, and then he closed out the whole thing. I was like, this guy. And that's John Smoltz actually said it, which is, like, the first time in a while I've agreed with John Smoltz takes on anything. But he, he said, he's like, I'm just going to say, like, Joey Otani is the best athlete we've ever had. And he's like, and people are going to say, oh, what about Babe Ruth? He's like, he's already done this at a higher level than Babe Ruth ever pitched and for longer than Babe Ruth was a pitcher and a hitter. He's done yeah. it longer already. Look, I mean, the fact of the matter is the game is so much different now, and it yeah. seems stupid to even compare. Um, like, obviously, Shohei Otani is a better athlete than Babe Ruth. Yeah. In a, in a, That's another a battle of athletics. Yes. If yeah. Babe Ruth in his prime were alive right now and they had an athletic battle, he would look like a townsperson from the Middle Ages or something. Like he would have nothing. Shohei <laughs> yeah. Tani be running yeah. like a deer past him. Yeah, uh, it'd be insane. It'd be and insane. also, I think he'd strike out Babe Ruth. Yeah, Babe Ruth never saw fucking <laughs> slider. Yeah, every. I mean, I feel like that's a popular thing I like to talk about. I like to talk about pitchers who would definitely strike out Babe Ruth. That's the thing I like to think about. And every, every, every single pitcher in the major leagues would strike out Babe Ruth. If they, well, maybe not every single pitcher. But most of them would. I don't know about Patrick uh, Corbin. I don't know. There's, there's a documentary. I think you've seen it. I think it's just called Fastball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about uh, the highest fastball, Nolan Ryan, with like 107 or something, if they measured it the way they do now. Yeah, but the beginning of it uh, goes into the history of I guess just pitching in kind of general, yeah. but um, they talk about how they didn't ne they never really had a good way to measure um, how fast a pitcher's throwing, and then they did it a certain way, and then it changed the way they did it like a couple times since then. Um, yeah, I think so it was uh, Bob Feller. They had him like with like some like army radar thing, and he was like throwing in a tunnel. Or I remember, yeah, I remember that no, in the documentary. There was someone who uh, <coughs> they were like they started their windup in like a. I, I want to say like a a horse or something like a car drove next next to them. Yeah, I kind of remember that too. Yeah, or a motorcycle or something. 
Um, but so we don't know how fast people threw before like the 80s or something. Like it, it's surprisingly recent. Um, and I just don't think any guys back then were throwing 100 miles an hour. Pitchers yeah. are throwing consistently much higher now than they were 10 years ago. Yeah. Now it's apply wild. that to over 100 years ago. Those guys were probably throwing as hard as you and I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like we like would have been major league pitchers. Like a max at my prime of like maybe I hit 80 one time. <laughs> and it was awesome when I did. Yeah. I, I Right now on a mound or any point in my life on a mound, not con- not even trying to throw a strike, I could probably throw like 65 miles an hour out of a windup or something. Like, and there's yeah. no way those guys were throwing 100 miles an hour. There's just no fucking way. No, I don't. And think they so. didn't have any other pitches really. They had like, I guess they threw like spitballs and shit. Yeah, and the baseball, like, depending on how back the baseball is like made of, like, it had no like laces. It was like a little, yeah, little yeah, pouch, yeah. basically. No, that's yeah. So I, I think that's actually anyway. Was, so Shohei Otani's fucking awesome. That's like what we're talking about. I found uh, I found that Aaron Judge stat. Um, so again, this is just against the Orioles. In 398 plate appearances, he has 37 home runs, 82 RBIs, a 3.13 average, and a one uh, 1.146 OPS. Good lord, that's like at, uh, how many? 37 30 home 30? runs and 400 at bats. I was gonna say yeah, that's like three quarters of a season just against the Orioles, and it's like. MVP season against the Orioles, basically. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Good Lord, he's he's yeah. a monster. Uh, well, hey, let's take Aaron Judge being a monster, which uh, I he's a guy, so I want to go into awards predictions, but yeah, let's not kind of with Otani when you're talking about worrying about the injuries of, like, Judge had some injury concerns for his, mm-hmm. like, last couple years before his insane year last year. And so both Otani and Judge, every time I'm watching them play, I'm, like, holding my breath. I'm like, gosh, I hope they get to keep tearing it up the way they are. Because I just don't yeah. want to see – I don't want them to diminish in any way. Yeah. I'm like, ugh, just holding my breath every at-bat. But uh, – so I want to do four – we're going to do like four – five uh, five things. M- MVPs for both – no, four things. MVPs for both leagues. Cy Youngs for both leagues. Best reliever in each league, which is an interesting one I want to add here. Hmm. And I want to do most improved or comeback guy for the year. In both leagues or just in the majors? Just doing the majors. Okay. Yikes. So, All right. MVP size, reliever, best relievers, and obviously the, the first three are league-specific. Last one, we can just do MLB. Ooh, I got to sneeze. Oh, all right. Dude, bless you. Um, uh, all right, can I start with MVPs? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to pick Shohei Otani because we've already talked about him. He's going to win the MVP in the American League if he's healthy for even three-quarters of the season. He's winning the MVP. Um, but let's just pretend, like, He's not in the voting, and he has his own award. Uh, for the American League, this is kind of a homer pick, but I think Judge does it again. Not 62 home runs does it again, but I think he wins an MVP. Um, he's just so fucking good, and he looks I, – I, it's early, and it's a small sample size, but he looks better. Like It seems like everything uh, he's interested in is – in being better than last year. Um, yeah, which is he, terrifying he, to think about. He honestly. looks more disciplined even than he was, which he was pretty disciplined before. And he's hitting the ball hard like he always does. And uh, he just looks like a fucking monster. And I, I think he, he's going to have, like, a really historic peak of his career, obviously. And I think it might be kind of short-lived because just big dudes like that break down. And I think he's going to – I think while he's healthy, he's going to be fucking insane. 
So I'm picking Amer uh, American League MVP, Aaron Judge. National League MVP, I'm picking Acuna. Um, Dude, like that choice. I really he, well, like that choice. Because he's another guy who, what's he, two years off being one of the best players in baseball? And yeah, then and he like has a couple injury years. Him. Well, people just cast these, you know, they're not the hot thing at the top of their mind anymore. But uh, Acuna, when healthy, is arguably the best player in baseball. And it's fucking insane. And now with these new stolen base rules, I don't know if they'll let him run as much because they're going to want to keep him healthy, obviously. Um, but, I mean, I think you could say it about a couple of players, but Acuna can go 40-40, legitimately go 40-40, yeah. and bat over 300. Like, he could do all that stuff, and you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be like, oh, my God. You'd be like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so I think – I hope he stays healthy, and I think Acuna takes MVP in the National League. I like that pick. That's actually – I'll start at NL because that was also my pick for oh, the same reasons, go. almost yeah. exactly, including the rule changes. I hope they let him run. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, li I like him. I also think the Braves are, like, a juggernaut, and yeah. it's disgusting how they've been able to keep doing it and, like, build. I mean, they're smart. They they, they maximize their players. They call and people they... up. They sign in the deals. They make smart trades. They, like, build a great roster that all their pitchers have developed. Like, yep. I, and I think that he will benefit from a full healthy season, kind of a year off of it, and just being part of a great lineup is just – I think he's going to – that's my pick for the NL. For cool. the AL, I'm also going to pretend Shohei Otani doesn't exist because it's like the easy pick, and yeah. I'm just going to. It's going to be him, else. but if it weren't yeah. him, if if he's healthy, it's got to be him. My pick is actually uh, a dark horse, and I just kind of this is just like a gut thing. I just feel like he's going to be that guy that like this summer everyone talks about. I feel like this is the year that Kyle Tucker finally takes the step to superstar for the Astros. <sighs> he's good. He's always been good. Yeah, but I think he, he also has the chance with the stolen bases to add a lot of credibility to that too, because he's always been like kind of like a a guy who could get fifteen stolen bases in the old rules. Yeah, uh, and I just think the Astros are in a weird well, he place. Had he had twenty five last year. Yeah, well, I think in a, like even in a small off off year he could dip fifteen. So yeah, like so I'm saying new gotcha, new gotcha, rules. Gotcha. I also just think the Astros are kind of like Altuve's hurt, Bregman. Is like whatever he's still good, but he's like kind of aging into like being a, just a, a good player. Mm -hmm. uh, weird comp. Alex Bregman's the new Evan Longoria. Um, mm. Never don't as good agree, defense, but, go ahead. but like fell off kind of in a similar way at the same like normal age, whatever. Um, mm. Better hitter, better hitter, but just one of those things I just feel spiritually. Um, but Kyle Tucker's my choice. I just think he's going to – I think he has a chance if he can continue what he's done and build on it. He's a very good player, and I'm just picking a dark horse just because I want to be a contrarian. Yeah, he, he is a very good player. I like Kyle Tucker as a player. I don't know if I see him winning MVP. I don't know if he if he hits a high enough average to win MVP this year. Um, we'll see. It's, not, it's yeah. my contrarian pick. I'm just being just – being And also, crazy. you're talking about these, you know – the uh, maybe the problems with the you know problems use that loosely, but the Astros lineup, you're you know Bregman's sort of aging out, Altuve's hurt. There's another uh, guy in the team. Jordan always play. gets hurt all the time. Yeah, um, Jordan's also but, great, but but that hurts Tucker, I think, because some of his numbers I think are dependent on having people in his uh, you know behind him in the lineup who knock him in and he could steal bases for and everything. I, I just think he's a great player, but I, I don't know if he's that guy. Maybe I, I'm wrong. 
Maybe I'm yeah, wrong. I hope I'm right. It would be cool if I was right for once about this. So Yeah, well, whatever. It happens. All right. Do you want to do right, Cy Young? Size, A-L-N-O. Let's make you it start. happen. Um, all right. So American League. Um, this is kind of tough because I feel like the AL, a lot of the guys moved to the NL in the last few years. Mm-hmm. And I just, okay, Garrett Cole, a guy that I respect, I just don't think he's that good. To be the guy every he's been, year for the Cy Young favorite, he's he been had kind good. of a weird start uh, yesterday, but he's he's been good. He looks yeah. good. I'm gonna go with a random thing because he left the match. Jacob Degrom come back AL Cy Young. He's gonna pitch if he pitches 150 innings. He's gonna be the Cy Young. If he pitches 120, he could be the Cy Young because he's that good. He had 11 Ks the other day. Honestly, honestly, like I'm kind of blanking on NL pitchers off the top of my or. Uh, a- AL pitchers right off the top of my head. I yeah. mean, you could say Otani here too, which is like a little cheat code, but uh, <sighs> yeah, I don't know if he's. Yeah, I mean, he could, he could. But, but I'm going with. DeGrom. He's always going to have less innings. Yeah. All right, Degrom. I mean, I think Degrom could definitely do it. I'm, I'm not sure he can stay healthy, and if he does, I'm not sure he's quite the same guy that he was. But I don't think it would be a surprise if he did win. Like, if if he has a 2.1 ERA by the end of the season, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then, did you say NL? I didn't say NL. Okay, me to say so NL. NL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my NL guy is one that I have been kind of trying to figure out for a while because I feel like I, the, the the pitchers are so weird right now. Everything's, like, kind of shifting. There's aging, yeah. changing. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to figure out who I think this should be. I don't think this is just, like, my who I don't think will be. I don't think Alcantara will repeat. Just like No, I, I, a, I agree. A gut. I don't. I feel like he may. This is this is a hot take. Early, real early hot take. I feel like he will be like the Blake Snell of the NL, or of the the uh, Marlins, where he's like got a, This is his his best years behind him already. That's my hot take. Okay. Hot take. I think I think he's better than Blake Snell was. Blake Snell, even when he was great, it seemed like. I don't know how this is going to hold up exactly. I think Al, uh, Alcantara is. Still really fucking good. I mean, he's a good pitcher. I think he'll still be a good pitcher. I think he... Okay. He's not dominant in the way a lot of better pitchers are. Yes. And I think he will age better than Blake Snell, but I think that the last year is going to be his peak. Of like, I think he'll have better seasons than Blake Snell has had after his signing. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll be a, like a decent pitcher for a long time. Yes, exactly. I think that's that's okay. what I think of him. Um, for the NL Cy Young, though, it's it's like a weird time. I am gonna go. I'm gonna go with Zach Gallen for this choice because I think Zach Gallen is forgotten about because he plays on a kind of weird, always rebuilding sort of tinkering team. Yeah. Uh, he's healthy. He's looked good, and I think Zach Gallen's the kind of guy who could take a next step and be like in your in your discussion next year of like your top ten pitchers in the game. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I think. I feel like Gallon has a high, like a high variance. Like I, I think he could be, he could be great, or he could be very ordinary and not much to write home about. Um, but I like him. I like him as a pitcher. And I, I there's something I like about the Diamondbacks. I don't, I can't explain it, but uh, yeah, cool jerseys. I guess. I just yeah. I don't know. I I'm kind of like a. Low-key fan of the Diamondbacks, I think. But, uh, all right, those are good choices. I think 
for my AL Cy Young. Um, and we had talked about this before, and I think it's going to go unchanged. I want to say that I think, yes, Shohei Tani, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Garrett Cole, I think, has a good chance of winning it. He's going to rack up wins, which do still count to voters, I think. Um, and he's going to be he, – he's looked really good this year. His, his big thing last year that was hurting him was his home runs. And uh, they yeah. haven't been up the way they were last year. And they were they were up last year, like, right off the bat. So um, if he can get his the home run rate in control, I think he's primed to, to look more like Astros' version of Garrett Cole than, than the uh, 2022 version that we saw last year. But I think for AL Cy Young, I think it's my boy Kevin Gosman. Ooh. Um, I think last year he got hit with some bad luck. He pitched better than his numbers show, and uh, he has I, what it, I think it's a splitter. They say his yeah, splitter is the a very best cool splitter. They say it's the best pitch in baseball. Like literally you know the I'm best big, pitch in you baseball. You know I'm a big Gaussman guy. I'm a Gaussman. I've guy. been a Gaussman fan since he was in Baltimore, and he just could never put it together. Uh, and then he started to I think in Atlanta, right? And then did uh, very much so in San Atlanta, Francisco, Cincinnati. He was a reliever in Cincinnati, but it might have been the Braves and then the Reds. He oh, was, maybe it was when he – yeah, he's had a weird career, but um, when he's – Yeah, I, I drafted him in fantasy off of the – I think it was the Braves. Whatever the last year he was a reliever was, I, when they said he was going to the Giants and a starter, I drafted mm-hmm. him, and I traded him to you, and I regret it because it was a stupid <laughs> trade. That didn't win anything for me. I got Freddie Freeman out of it, but it did Oh, you win. did get Freeman. Yeah, that was yeah. that trade. I was thinking the other day, who did I trade Freeman for? Yeah, it was, it was um, the Gaussman trade. But yeah, like even the one year in Baltimore, he had a three five seven ERA, and then uh, three uh, three six one ERA, and then a three nine two ERA between Baltimore and Atlanta. These were all years he started, um, and it just seemed like there was a there was an extra gear there. And then that twenty twenty one year, he had a two point one eight ERA in San Francisco. Um, but I, I just think we see a career year from him. I, I just think he's really, really good. And uh, yeah, I was. I was he, a he doesn't walk guys. He strikes out a lot of guys. He doesn't walk guys. He's got um, at least one of the best pitches in baseball, which is a huge leg up. I, I just think he's a fucking beast. I like that choice. I was worried about him last year going back to the AL East, and then I was worried about him this year with the pitch clock change, just because mm-hmm. he has kind of like a weird wind up and used to take a little bit. But yeah. he seems to Do just you know, be here to stay, which is cool. So he, uh, I was just looking at it, and this is a stat I wanted to say, but I forgot about. Uh, so he had like a three three five ERA last year, right? He led the league in WHIP, or not? I'm sorry, not WHIP, uh, FIP. Oh dang! He had I mean, a two point three eight FIP. So he was I mean, good that's in that not a, the the year before too. So yeah, that's not a telltale sign that a guy should have that ERA, but that is sort of an indication that maybe the uh the numbers he put up you know he he was he could have done better if not for a couple things yeah um so i yeah i like gosman in the al um and then in the nl i think the nl is kind of harder to pick a guy um i think at the beginning of the year i said max freed i liked freed's chances to win the side shout out to the da legends yeah but now he's gotten hurt I know it doesn't seem to be a serious he thing. He might be back Saturday, which I'm praying for. Yeah, they said they said he could be back, and maybe he only misses, like, the one or one and Two a half stars. starts. Yeah, whatever he missed. Um, and then he's right back in play. But I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. So I'm going to change my pick. And I think I'm going to go 
with the Dodgers, um, Julio Urias. Ooh, I don't like that pick. No? Why not? I don't like it. Why not? I I don't. He's a guy that just kind of seems a little more uneven than I feel like he, he, he outperformed his metrics a bit last year. He did. He did last year, but he's also young. Like he is young for someone to have room to get better, and not only in terms of athleticism and become like just in their peak physical years, he's also aging into becoming a better pitcher. And now he has he has some years behind him. He has two full seasons behind him of of starting, and I think like he's twenty six. Like that could be a time where we start seeing the guy who was supposed to be one of the guys. You know, True. he was he was he was always be. supposed to be one of the guys. And there was always he seems like he could be on the path similar to like a like a career arc of Trevor Bauer, of Zach Wheeler, of these guys. That we were to DeGrom kind of right. Didn't DeGrom sort of take a while to break out? He was never he, bad, but he wasn't that good. Yeah, he he kind of was like a well, he was not supposed to be what he became. Right. Firstly. Yeah. He well, was like no one. He is, was the but. least of the Mets rotation of Harvey Syndergaard. Right. Um, right. Wheeler, uh, and then just, just outpaced him. Yeah. Every one of those guys. Um, no, he, I, I could see, I could see him doing that. I just for some something about I watch, I watch a lot of Dodgers games at night too, mm-hmm. just because like that's mm-hmm. you're you know you get you're getting ready to go to bed, you're getting cozy. The West Coast games <laughs> are on, um, and I he's one of those guys when you're watching him pitch, I feel like he's always on the precipice of like one mistake away from like a horrible inning. In but like he doesn't. Parts. He, he doesn't walk that many. No, he doesn't. But also, like, I just he just something. That, sometimes when you watch a guy, there's just like a shaky energy. Yeah. And no. I, I, but young guy, you know, I I, I just yeah. think there's room there. And I think I, I also think if Gosman and uh, and Arias finish nowhere near the top five of the Cy Young voting, I'd be like, yeah, no, that that works. Yeah. Too. I mean, like, I went dark horse to Zach Gallon. That was a dark horse. Yeah. Too, yeah. So. Yeah. It's more fun that way. Anyone could pick. Garrett Cole, you know, like yeah, or Jacob DeGrom, you bitch. Uh, all right, what was yeah. the next thing you wanted to do? Rookie of the year? Uh, we'll do relievers real quick. Oh, Actually, God. skip relievers. Let's go rookie of the year. I like that part. All right. Skip relievers. All right, Not I'll do start. It. Change, it, change the pace. I said something. I'd take it back. Take it back. It's back. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, my, I want to start with rookies, rookie of the year. Um, and I've said this to you and Tim, and partially it's a joke. I realize both of these are kind of dark horse candidates. Um, but in the AL, I'm going to go with Chicago White Sox right fielder Oscar Colas. And I think this because um, I just think he's going to be more steady than the other rookies in the American League. I think, you know, he's going to bat. His numbers aren't going to, like, go crazy, I don't think. But he's going to bat 270. He's going to hit 20 home runs. He's going to steal 10, 15 bags maybe. Um, and it's just gonna, he's just going to be steady, and he's going to start all year especially because we already know that White Sox outfielders have injury issues. So if there is ever a playing time crunch, it probably won't last that long. But it does seem like they're starting him. Um, and he's been solid but unspectacular So f- unspectacular thus far. Um, I just think a lot of times Rookie of the Year isn't the flashy big-name guy. It's like – I mean, last year it was J-Rod, and he went crazy. But y- just because of – a big name prospect has been called up doesn't mean they immediately hit their projections, you know? And yeah. so I think there's better rookies in the American league, but I just think Colas is, he also played like a, a he, he didn't have a long minor league career. He played in Cuba 
and internationally and stuff, but he played professionally there. So I, I just think it's almost like a college player, how like a college player can kind of get through the minors quick and then, you know, like really age into themselves in the, in the majors. So I just think I like Oscar Colas as like a dark horse uh, consistent I like guy. It. Yeah. I, like, I have then, no reason to doubt him because he seems like yeah. a good player. But. Oh, also, Cuban players do well a lot of times uh, in the majors. There's been a oh, lot yeah, of Oh, yeah. Rusny Castillo is a great example <laughs> of that. <laughs> well, they don't all do well, but a lot of them do end up being at least serviceable yeah, players. Yeah, Abreu, uh, Cespedes before he fell apart, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, Puig before he kind of. Yeah, he's said some weird. great stretches of playing well. So. Yeah. Um, so I like him in the American League. And then in the National League, and you're going to hate me because both these players are on my fantasy team. Uh, in the National League, James Outman of the Dodgers. I like I think, that pick. I think the thing that gets in the way of James Outman potentially winning Rookie of the Year is the Dodgers are always so fucking wonky with their lineups, and they sit guys, and they platoon guys, and you know they, they try and get everybody like a fair share of playing time, even when it's maybe not deserved all the time. But uh, clearly it works for them, so... You know, what do I know? But I just, James Alvin, that dude fucking crushes the ball. He's fast, so I think he'll steal some bags. There's a lot of swing and miss. Uh, like, I think he's striking out now at like a 35% clip or something. But uh, he's still, he makes a lot of contact too. So, I don't know. I like his chain. He's, he's really toolsy, and he's kind of like a sleeper pick for, for yeah, like of the prospects, you know? I actually really like his game. Uh, yeah. Again, watching Dodgers games. So, I could yeah. I could see him taking it. Um, so I, I, I actually, I thought about what you just said with like, you're going to kill me because I picked both guys for my fantasy team mm-hmm. for the AL. I, 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 Baltimore Oriole, Grayson Rodriguez is my choice for the American. Oh, uh, really? Year. Yeah. I, I mean, he could. I just think, so two things. One, I've watched him pitch. He's got good stuff. Two, a uh, couple years ago, I worked with the Orioles minor league system uh, for like a marketing project mm-hmm. for their double a team, which the name is escaping right now completely. It's but, right. uh, the, the guy I talked to in their marketing office, he'd been with the team for like 30 some years. So he'd seen like Machado go through, he'd seen Gaussman. He like, he'd seen all these guys go through mm-hmm. and he, uh, he told me, cause I asked him, I was like, Hey, I'm a really big fantasy baseball guy. Any insights on like, who's the next guy? He's like, okay, there are two players in our system who are like, and he's like, actually, these guys are both the best I've seen as a pitcher and a hitter in our system. And he said, Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez. And he said, yeah, and, and Adley Rutschman looks pretty good. <laughs> well, he said Adley was the, he's like, I've seen Manny Machado come through here. I've seen a lot of guys like from other teams come through here, like that turned out to be good players. Mm-hmm. He's like, Adley Rutschman, when the ball leaves the bat, it's like a different thing, man. He's like, it's like a different thing. And he's like, he's going to be great. And this is before he got like, I think it was a year before he got called up. Yeah. And he said, Grayson Rodriguez, his, his only concern with Grayson Rodriguez is he said, he's like, he seems like a guy who at age 28 might be toast and might have to be a reliever because he seems like he has some durability issues. Yeah. And but I that's guess not going to impact him this year. This is 2021 because in 2020, this dude was telling me, it was, it was after 2020, he said, uh, Grayson Rodriguez got screwed by the short season for minor le- or no season for minor leagues because he's like he got he got his like whole durability was messed up the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Grayson Rodriguez is my pick. I think he's gonna have a, a really. I think he'll be a guy where he'll finish like three four, but with a ton of strikeouts and like maybe he'll be innings limited, so it won't be like a ton of uh, volume. But I like him. I like his stuff. So that's my pick there. Yeah. See, I think. Um... 
I think he'll be a good player, but I think he's probably going to be in, innings limited enough that it takes him out of the rookie of the year voting. Yeah. Well, I hope it's Gunnar Henderson, but <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's speed things up a little bit. I know yeah. you still got to do NL. Yeah, so NL. Ahead. I'm just going to go with uh, one of the favorites. I like his game a lot too. Corbin Carroll, Diamondbacks. Yeah, I went with two Diamondbacks in two of my awards here. Yeah, weird. that's that's. Uh, I like Corbin weird. Carroll. I think everybody's thinking it's going to be, um, uh, like, probably. Uh, oh my gosh, my brain is just, uh, Jordan Walker is the guy I think is like the uh, favorite. Yeah, yeah. I I just think I, I don't know. Whenever there's a favorite, usually that guy like somewhere along the line stumbles. Other than as you said, J Rod. There's been examples where it works. But yeah, like, but J Rod wasn't good right off the bat. It took him a little while to get good. Yeah. So we got so. we got two two more here, and then we're gonna move to our Womack for the week. We're doing a Womack. Okay. Yep. Um, most improved. I'll start. Uh, my most improved player, and you already probably could guess this because I've been talking about it endlessly in the chat is Nick Castellanos, comeback player of the year. I think this, Nick, here's, here's what I think, though. Nick Castellanos, we're getting the Cubs version where he hit a ton of doubles. I think the power numbers will not be there, but I think Ooh. that we are going to get a guy who hits 20 home runs, maybe could contend for the league lead in doubles and runs scored in the lineup the Phillies have as soon as Bryce Harper gets back. There's no pressure on him, and he's already hitting way better this year than he did last year. So that's my yeah. choice, Nick Castellanos. No, nah, Nick Castellanos sucks. Also, like, comeback player of the year, what is he coming back from, being bad? Yeah, he was bad last year. He's, He's just awful. coming back from being a terrible player. Okay, we call it most um, improved or guy who did awful I don't last know, man. He still hasn't hit a home run. That's what I said. I think the power will take a second, but I think mm, that the— Take a second from what? Be, like, oh, it just took a while for me to get my power back because I was just bad. I got well, bad okay. and then— Okay, okay, I'll tell you why, because I read all about it before I drafted him oh, in fantasy yeah. this year. Best shape of he, his life, right? No, no, no. Kevin Long figured out, I, if you watched him last year when he was on your team, he struck out on sliders outside, like, literally every at-bat. It was the most infuriating thing to watch. In the postseason two for the Phillies, just sliders away, and he was just flailing, and he could not lay off. So Kevin Long moved him up in the, in the batting box and said, hey, I know you like to hack and hit home runs, but you cannot get to this pitch the way your batting stance is. So he moved him up so the slider break is always going to be before like it hits him. And he said in this, he's like, you may lose some power and might have to figure that out, but it's going to give you a way better plate coverage. Yeah, we'll and the see. plate coverage is there. Power's not quite there yet. So We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Um, You're bitter for, just because you, you kept him and he played awful. You know, I he get had 12 it. fucking home runs last I year. I get it. I get it. I would be like miserable too. I would hate him for the He's rest of my life. Awful. But I had um, Nick Castellanos when he led the league in doubles for the Cubs, so I love him, and now I have him again. So I'm a big Castellanos fan. Well, I was a big Castellanos fan. I had him when he was good. The best year yeah. he had, I had him. But anyway, uh, for my what are we calling this? Most improved comeback. Or, most I just, you know. yeah, like big yeah. Uh, this might be kind of a lame pick, but I'm going with Wander Franco. Um, oh, I like that. Dude's two years off being the number one prospect in baseball and hasn't been bad. Just there's gotten, you know, some stuff's gotten in his way and he's been good so far this year. I think he starts to put it all together and I think he has a big year. I like that pick. That's, that's a good, that's a good one. All right. So the Womack this week is the guy that I feel like if I describe it, you may be able to guess before I say the name. Okay. But uh, he has a more famous. Wait, hold on, hold on. Sorry. Real quick, everybody. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, geez, Woo, we gotta bring this back. Yeah, Explain the one. Yeah, so, good. I'm just so right back. For in it. the duration of our friendship, uh, Paul and I, and uh, his brother Tim, who I'm also friends with, we uh, will just text each other names of somewhat obscure 
baseball players from our childhood or from not yes. even now, not even childhood. Sometimes we'll do it from 10 years ago, you know, when we were, yeah, when we were, we were adults. Yeah, because we've been doing it for but, a really long time. Yeah, yeah. But um, basically the idea, and we, we started calling them the Womack Report because Tony Womack is sort of the ultimate version of this. We want, yes. I want to be clear. These are not bad players. Like yeah, sometimes most, they are. Sometimes, sometimes they're just guys yeah, that I just sometimes like, there's some I think bad players. Name. But like they're kind of just guys who played. Yeah. And most of yeah. the time it's guys we like. I feel like usually we're like, "Oh, that guy was fucking awesome." Even then we check his stats and we're like, "Oh, maybe it wasn't awesome, but like, you know, I like watching yeah. him or whatever." He's um, memorable so, to us for some reason. Is really yeah, it's just works. like there's so many players that come and go and uh you forget about so many of them, so it's funny. Yeah, so and the, like the nostalgic Tony, to bring them up. It's the Tony Womack report. I dude, good call on re-explaining it. We may yeah. have new listeners, you know. This yeah, time. Uh, we might so have new guy, listener. Yeah, new listener. Yeah. Uh, so the guy I picked, uh, and admittedly, okay. So we said sometimes they're good, sometimes they're just guys. Very often for me, these guys come out of old video games of playing baseball too. Yeah, because like yeah. you know the guy you had that you'd like hit well with or whatever. So uh, I'm going to say this guy, I'm going to give you a description of this guy and see if you can guess it first. So okay. he has a more famous brother who also played baseball and is currently still a figure in baseball. He was a middle infielder, 7.9 career war, and most famous in my mind because he was uh, the leadoff hitter in 1997's classic Ken Griffey Jr. baseball uh, for N64. He was the leadoff hitter for the Mariners. When Griffey was on your team, Ooh. so was that early well, in his career or late in his career? Uh, late in his career. That was late in his career. Yeah, more famous brother, middle infielder with seven point nine career WAR, and he he uh, was the leadoff hitter for the Mariners in Ken Griffey Jr. baseball for N sixty four. I feel like the famous brother part is throwing me a little bit. Let me think. Because now the only Mariner with a brother that I'm thinking about is Brett Boone. Oh shoot! Yeah. Oh wow! I didn't even realize I gave a curveball here. Yeah, but that that but it, was, the end of Boone's his career before, wouldn't have been. Yeah. And Boone's before Griffey. Yeah. And also, arguably, I mean, Aaron Boone's more famous now, but Brett Boone was a better baseball player. Anyway. Well, uh, well, whatever you just said, you may should just like rethink what you just said and think about this guy in the same context. Billy Ripken. No. <laughs> You said no, more famous now, and the other guy was a better player. Oh, this guy is Yo, more famous now. The, the his brother is. Oh, his brother's more famous now. In the same way that Brett oh. was probably a better player, Aaron was a more famous guy now. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's Joey Cora. Joey Cora. Joey Cora. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's a weirdly, good one. I, I said He's, the better. Actually, Alex was a seven career war. Joey was a seven point nine. So they were honestly. Very, I, I would have said that Joey was a better player, but I wouldn't have been able to actually tell you why. Well, well, marginally. He was marginal. They actually, yeah. they, Joey, 277, 30 career home runs. Who played longer? Uh, let's see. Joey played 11 years. Alex played 14 years. So, hmm. yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. So, yeah. 277. I, I definitely, career. I wouldn't have guessed that, but. Now that you've said it, I'm like, yeah, goddamn it. Yeah, Cora, Alex um, Cora, yeah. Red all right. Sox well, manager. since it's our first episode back, I want to do a, I want to do a Womack too. So. Oh, a double Womack, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna make you guess, see if you can Ready? guess my Womack. All right. So he played, um, 
from the mid '90s to 2008. He was on. He started his career in St. Louis. Ended it with the Nationals. There's a couple teams in between. He played. I mostly remember him as a first baseman, but on Baseball Reference it says left field and third base as well. Um, and he has a career WAR of 12. But he played pretty consistently for his whole career for 12 years. Like he's like a super one WAR a year kind of guy. So he was a Cardinal mostly. You said. No, to start his year. Mostly, he was uh, either a red. I, I wasn't going to tell you all the teams because I didn't want to give it away. Uh, but he was a. You might remember him as a red or a tiger. Red or a tiger. Yeah. Is it Willie Mopena? <laughs> That's a good one, but no. It's all not. Right, not Willie Mopena. No, this guy, he actually had some decent years at the plate. A little bit more uh, of a complete, like, power kind of average guy. Oh, no I speed. got it. What? I got it. What? No speed. No speed. Yeah. Pretty good year at the plate. You said how many war? 12. He played 12 seasons. He has a 12.2 war. Is it? Is it Dimitri Young? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> good guess. Good when guess. I was like Tiger and Red. Dimitri Young had like some pretty good years, didn't he? Like I, I kind of thought that the Tigers and the Reds were going to give it away. Uh, Yeah, dude. He batted... Uh, in 2003, he batted 297 with 29 home runs, 85 RBIs, Dude. 155 games. Then he his career um, 162 game average was 20 home runs, 81 RBIs, and a 292 average, 351 on base. Dude, so, I love I love a Dimitri Young shout out. Yeah, uh, that's that was a fantastic. great guess. I didn't give you that much information. That was a great guess. Yeah, I actually feel like maybe we should always do it this way where we just guess first. I don't yeah, know I kind of like the game. Before. No, not on the fun. podcast. We didn't. Yeah, I feel like really weird that I did get it. So we'll see if that. Continues. I feel I feel bad now that I didn't get it. I didn't think you were gonna get it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's there's a lot. Dimitri Young also brain. switch hitter. Oh, switch hitter. Yeah, and mm. and when you said it was actually it was right before you said the uh, not a lot of speed. But mm. like when you said that, it like clinched it. I was like, I know who yeah. this is. Yeah. I know who did this. That's a good so. guess. I feel like I'm going to be bad at guessing them, but... It's great. It's fun. It'll be yeah. fun. I like that. But yeah, so uh, week one, we're back. This is probably longer than they will be in the future, but who knows? We oh, I think we said that like every episode, and then we always like... Well, yeah, honestly, the problem is we get on and we're like, oh, dude, Jason, Jacob DeGrom, this is the best pitcher, and we yeah. just talk about you know, player. It's it's hard to cut it down for us because we just enjoy yeah. talking about it. But, hey, if you're listening for the first time, welcome. If you listened before, welcome back. We're back. Uh, some new things. Just I got some ideas this year. We'll have some new segments. We might have some guests. I've already reached out to a few folks, actually, to make nice. our uh, – to make us not miserable all the time and have to come up with content to talk Could about. Could you imagine if we got Tony Womack? Yo, I if we got if we got Tony Womack on this podcast, I don't know. I was thinking I, we'll about that to, the other day. Yeah, I'm gonna have to think about what like there's gotta be some sort of like life achievement I want out of that. Um <laughs> if anyone knows Tony Womack and you're listening, <laughs> please have him email highcheesepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I, I'll put my cell phone in the episode description <laughs> so you can text me Tony Womax info. I love to talk to that man, uh, 2001 champion for the Diamondbacks. Yep. Um, yep. Superstar, not really, really fast though. He do it. He do. He do great in the pitch clock era. He's a good player, good stolen base guy. But yeah. So anyhow, welcome back to High Cheese or welcome for the first time. And uh, you know, watch this space. There'll be more, more, more goofs, more takes, and many more uh, Womax. So yeah. thank you.
Thank you, listener. Womack sold 72 bags in 1999. So I'm saying, man, you have 130 now. Yeah, 277 average. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, kind of happy to be back, I guess. Uh, it depends how you yeah. look at it. Um, and we'll talk to everybody next week. Bye-bye.